Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, the show where we watch a lot of classic Disney animated movies with a techno beat under us. I'm going to rap like that. I'm not doing that. I am Jeff, one of the two fantastic co-hosts every single week, the guy who cannot rap. Uh, mm-hmm, Wisconsin's mm-hmm. whitest non-rapper, and joining yo, yo, yo. me is TC. TC not here with me, but in no, the same no. state. We are we so are close, so close, so <laughs> close. And you know what, Jeff? It is apt that I gave you a beat, and you sort of speak, sang the words <laughs> yeah. that you were trying to say. Because, <laughs> hey, guess what? I forgot. What? There's mute. There are songs in Fox and the Hound. <laughs> you know what? That okay. This movie, I, 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 okay, we already discussed this. I, we, I went into this movie not knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as some of our followers on Facebook saw on my Facebook post, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this movie was giving me feelings that we will get into momentarily. Um, but I didn't know what the songs were going to I didn't know if, if there was songs. I didn't know if we're in that weird era of Disney movies that didn't have music again or. Yeah. yeah well, it, 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 it did play. Well, anyhow, well, before we get too deep in this, today we are talking about the 1981 The Fox and the Hound, Disney Animation Studios picture. Uh, what are we, 24? This 23? should be, yeah, this is number 24. 24. Okay. Yes. So it's yeah, 1981. Um, Voices in there of Mickey Rooney and Kurt Russell, and we'll we'll get to and Corey Feldman. And Corey but, Feldman, uh, I got so yeah. surprised when I saw that. I went, <laughs> I'm like, what? How old was he during this? Because this is pre Goonies too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you you had never seen it. You I, had never seen this movie. I had never seen it, and now watching this movie, there's like maybe like a fleeting moment where I went, well, that kind of seemed familiar, but I have, mm-hmm. I still couldn't, I, it's, it's just like along the lines of some of those early, um, those early Disney films where I'm like, well, I've never seen this, but I know this song because it used to be in, uh, For, yeah, uh, from yeah, some sing along VHS. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> no, not saying that this was in a sing along, but I'm sure I saw a clip somewhere, but yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to happen out of this movie. And dang nabbit, this movie made me teary-eyed. <laughs> this, for the longest time, there were... I I knew I had friends when bringing up Disney movies, what your favorite Disney movie might be. People would say Fox and the Hound. It would come up more often than than I expected for for people's favorites. And it, it is one of the, the last great classic Disney movies in terms of its VHS release. Mm-hmm. It's is definitely part of the Dark Age, which we will we will define that term a little better later. But for the longest time I had never seen it. We owned it and I never watched it. I didn't see this for the first time till maybe like 10, 10 or year ten years ago at most. And when I finally watched it, I was both impressed because there is some there's some elements of this movie that I that we will discuss that I feel are are worth tipping the hat to but I was really confused why this is so many people's favorite fox and the hound <laughs> it's oh my goodness I think if I'd seen this movie as a child I'd have been That's scarred it's their for favorite life. movie yeah yeah I <laughs> It's it's strange. Like even on our Facebook page, we had uh, uh, some listeners: Jordan, Kate, Allison, every uh, Schulze, uh, mentioning that they love. They have. How can you not be a fan? I cry so much. I love this movie. Love me some Fox and the Hound, uh, and and uh, even even uh, Andrea over on the the Facebook page saying it's it it's kind of a sad one. <laughs> you know, TC. I'm not gonna lie. I really kind of liked this movie. <laughs> I but I, I had... don't know why. <laughs> I, I anticipated don't know why. this, Jeff. I I was excited to hear what you had, what your feelings were going to be about this movie. Going in so cold, maybe knowing, maybe knowing something, maybe having once heard "I'm a hound dog." Yeah, but which I didn't realize was from this movie. <laughs> okay, I'll say this. So I, I take notes, as we've discussed before. I always take my yes, notes, yes. and generally my notes are kind of a stream of conscience, just whatever I was thinking at the time, because that actually helps me remember moments. Um, yes. Instead of writing down specific details, I have never written in all caps so many times because <laughs> I was just gut reaction of what is happening, but in a good way. Like what is happening? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just as a quick, uh, we'll just we'll just a quick abbrevi- quick abbreviation of some of them. Uh, holy crap! Did the mom fox just get killed? Um, <laughs> What the hell movie? What are you trying to do to me? Uh, <laughs> stop this movie. Stop it now. Stop making me so miserable. I don't like you at all. Go away. And also the last one being, that's the end. These are some highlights. Um, 
but of your of your reactions. Of my reactions, which I'm not gonna lie, we're all said out loud. Uh, I started Snapchatting a little mm-hmm. bit during some of these reactions, um, and and and, and it, again, they all sound very negative, but they were all like legitimate shocks and surprises. And I'm like, I have to keep watching this. I want to know what's going on and what's going to happen next. It made yeah. me want to watch it more, and I don't understand why. <laughs> We're we are we coming off the rescuers, which had I, I tried to find a way to say it, but it felt more like a movie. I don't know that not the rescuers not like the, did. Yeah, it felt and, more like a this, live action ish movie than a than this movie does. Right. Well, I think that Fox and the Hound follows what Rescuers was doing in terms of tone and style, mm-hmm. and that it was it was moving away from the fairy tales and the fant- and the the fantasies that uh, that the majority of the Disney library has been to a point that this it felt Rescuers and Fox and the Hound feel less like the the lighter fare of Disney movies, and that's and that is one of the reasons I. I I believe that this is called the Dark Ages, not so much in the financial failures mm-hmm. of these films, but more in the the tonal content. I, someone commented on the Facebook page that we that they were surprised we didn't consider Rescuers the beginning of the Dark Age per se. But I was looking, I was discussing it more of a financial perspective, from a narrative perspective, from a mm-hmm. story perspective. We are in a much darker territory, and oh, Fox yeah. and the Hound. Definitely follows suit. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Look at the beginning. The, the opening. The opening. What two minutes of the movie with the credits? First off, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, like, well, I guess Rescuers didn't have it, but there's no fanfare. There's no like big opening number. There's nothing. It's quiet and clouds. Yeah. And even then even the Buena pans. Vista, the Buena Vista logo is played over silence. Over silence. And then you just, Start hearing the ambience of the the ambience of uh, of the the forest sounds. I turned up my volume because I thought my volume was like low. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Where's the song? And I'm like, oh, I, that's I was just background too. noise. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I had a moment of like, oh crap, is the audio audio uh, not playing? Oh, right. And, yeah. and it's 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 crazy. Like like so, this movie I can see it. It's still going along with the tone. I can see, I can see the Disney movies that I know. Like, from my childhood, I can see that late 80s, early 90s Disney movies. Like, the style's there. It's yeah. This this one definitely, while there's still the occasional little bit of rough edges here and there, this definitely does not have the Rescuers or, you know, like Robin Hood or any of the movies that we watched in the 70s. It doesn't have that design aesthetic. It doesn't have right. the still pencil lines are there and, and all that. Like the edges, you pointed this out for the rescuers last week, but like mm-hmm. uh the the fact that the 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 outlines for the characters aren't that like solid black outline. You know, they're right. starting they're more gray. Right. They're more gray or they're starting to become tones of the base color of the character. Like Fox's um outline is kind of this burnt orange. Right, to match their, their overall color. Right. So um, it's getting less about the character standing out from the background and just kind of becoming part of the back. Like, it's all one element. Yeah. And, and I can see that. I saw that in this movie. The the animation style, you know, the way the characters were animated. And I'm like, oh, I'm starting to see the char- that, that, that Disney that I know. And it's crazy how abrupt of a change. Like, two movies. Mm-hmm. And we're already well, we're- in this way, you know? We're in this. This is a changing of the guard movie for sure. In fact, uh, Don Bluth quits during production of this film, and and led a walkout of over a dozen key animators <laughs> during the middle of production of this film because he was done. He was done with with the Disney style, with the old guards mentality, and and quit. He even didn't he even asked, and him and the others who quit said, "Don't put our names on this movie. We don't want credit for it." This is so and they went crazy. off. To start Don Bluth Studios, which led to Secret of Nim, which would be the, which would be their first production, and this movie had to be shelved for an ec- almost an extra year so they could finish it by bringing in brand new animators and and jumping them way up on the food chain just to get this movie done. So much so, this is the first Disney animated film, the first Disney film to feature the works of Mr. John Lasseter. And there's another one. Yeah. Tim Burton. Tim Burton's on here as well. Tim Burton. (laughs) Tim Burton. I was excited. Tim Burton was the first one that I pointed out. I was like, oh, Tim Burton worked on this. He did it uncredited um, because he was so new to it. But he did uh, Vixie. He did the female fox. 
and it's, he, so, which is so messed up in my head. <laughs> and I'm like, Tim Burton drew that. That's Tim Burton. But it's because like in, in like the story goes that he he hated drawing her so much that he only drew her in wide shots until he mm-hmm. got comfortable with the character and then started drawing close-ups. <laughs> so it's like that's why she's like so like there's so much of her that's in the distance because he didn't want to draw yeah. her. <laughs> well, it's just it's part of the the changed in the era that we're getting that the yeah. the old guard even even going so far as arguing over the 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 older disney the classic disney ali johnson and the the old the nine old men having a disagreement with the younger animators about whether or not chief the the dog who trains copper mm-hmm. should should die or not because it, it and there's even a there's no indication of of whether or not Chief survives for a good few minutes until you finally see him with the cast. Um, that was one of the 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 cap block or capital lines that I did not read out loud. Out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically went like, "Holy crap! Now Chief got killed." Because I I <laughs> flat out went, "They killed Chief. They killed. They killed another person in this movie." Yeah, they're just it, killing it, people left and right. It's it's <laughs> this is adapted from a from a book, and mm-hmm. in the book they they made a lot of changes from the book, and including Chief's demise. And the the old guard, they couldn't do it. They said we've we've never killed a main character on screen before. We can't do that. And the younger ki- the younger animators were like, we got to do this. Yeah, because it's never been done. <laughs> well, I, I was reading like the book version of it. Um, I think like Copper was going to get shot at the end, oh, like in geez. the in the book version because the his his caretaker, the old man uh, Amos, um, wasn't able to like like care for him anymore he was being sent away so he had to shoot him like like it's like apparently i've never read the fox and the hound book i don't think i ever want to reading that no because if that's (laughs) what the book's about i am terrified to read that book (laughs) yeah no thanks i'll just read the the notes online yep i'm good thank you so well what did you think what I, i can tell what you think but just of of this tale this is a tale of Two little pups that meet each other. They don't understand that they're enemies. They're the the best of friends, doing everything <laughs> together. And and then they grow up to be enemies. And um, I don't know what 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 is I've, I've what are you, what, Jeff? Where are you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm here. I'm here, guys. I'm just crying. <laughs> I'm crying mostly because I read the final part of what the book is. Um, no. <laughs> Real quick. Crying, he takes his shotgun from the wall, leads Co- Copper outside, and pets him gently before ordering him to lie down. He covers oh the God. he covers the dog's eyes as Copper licks his hand trustingly. That's the end of the book. Oh my goodness! I know. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Welcome to the depressing portion of the show, everybody. I'm glad that you joined us. Uh, for Jeff makes 200 people sad. No, so <laughs> no, I'm this. I was trying to figure out because this was one of my questions. I'm glad you brought it up. One of my things was like I wanted to know what what was the moral of the story because we really haven't kind of talked about this in a long time either. And yeah, we, uh, the idea of is this something kids should watch? What's right. a lesson you can be learn you can learn from this? And and, and it's like and I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around it and be like, is this why people like it? I I I do. I like the fact that the. The story is very much so about growing up and moving mm-hmm. on with your life and that sometimes how your life was as a child or how you thought it was going to be turned out very different in your later years. Yeah. You know, like I I actually I like the fact that Copper and oh my goodness, I'm sorry, Todd, Todd. Yeah. Todd. I'm like I had it on top of my tongue. Um, you know this is a good movie because I remembered the characters' names. Um, <laughs> that does help. <laughs> right? <laughs> but like like I, I liked the fact that Copper and Todd were separated. I didn't like it, but I liked that that was a, that was a point of the movie that they right. were separated at a young age. And you, granted, yeah, it's only like what six months later or nine months later that they all get they kind of meet back up again. But that they don't meet back up and then just oh yeah, we're friends again, and then everything's fine and dandy, and we're just gonna go on with the rest of our life. Like I like that they became very different people, and yeah, they grew up. Yeah. They, yeah, and there was a moment where they kind of helped each other and then after that it was like okay 
like peace out and like that was it but that they mm-hmm. they both are aware like it didn't end with them as just two good friends living together their their entire life it ended with them moving on and being in their own very different lifestyles right it it didn't have the happily ever after it was a much more r- realistic ending of of just the simple fact that sometimes you grow away from each, of from your friends that you can't exist in this capsule of time of childhood forever that right. you have to move on and grow up and and that's, that's it's a big ve- deal yeah and it's very much so reminiscent like in my head i was immediately going like oh, okay so this is this is having a best friend in elementary school you know or or you know you could even argue you could argue up to high school and then everybody goes off to college and they go to different cities and they meet different people and they start different jobs and then they live there and then they come back and it's like oh yeah i'm married oh yeah well i work for this person and it's like oh but it's, it's very different lifestyles mm-hmm. and and you can talk about how things used to be but you're so in a new world that it's not like that anymore and it's like all right well Great seeing you again, and then you're back to your lives again. You're back to what your lives have become, even though you spent all that time as child, you know, as children, talking about like, "Ah, hey, we're gonna be best friends forever, and we're never gonna change, and this is always gonna be like this." And but it's like that's not the re- the reality behind it. And I like that this movie actually kind of shows the reality about growing up. Yeah, you know, it ta- yeah. you know Peter Pan was so much about not wanting to grow up, and he always wanted to be a kid and have fun and do that. And then you get this movie that's all about growing up and the reality <laughs> behind it. It's kind of a nice shift, actually. Yeah, the narratively, this movie does play in in a very interesting realm that i I understand. I understand why a lot of people have feelings for this movie. That this movie does connect on some level with with a, a wide variety of people who. Who have that understanding of of what it means to move on behind beyond your childhood years and and to look back fondly and to understand the pain that that comes from growing apart from someone you used to care for so much mm-hmm. and I and I I understand why this movie works and touches so many people. There there are some elements of this movie that I'm not particularly impressed with, I, and it it could very well be because of the problems of of the development they problems they had with the animators quitting and getting new people in. And like I even this, we've had this before where the sound, the sound mix, mm-hmm. the way the, the quality of the voices or the way the music is interlaced or the sound effects in general don't feel as full or there's, there's little hiccups that feel like something's missing. And for a good section of this movie, I felt that, that the sound of it, felt hollow. It, okay. it didn't feel as full as as some of the other movies we've we've seen. And now that that could be intentional or or it could be because of the production elements of it, but it it did stick out to me at first a few times in near the beginning of how the voices didn't and it could have just been the the version I was watching, but mm-hmm. that was that was something that stuck out to me that the the overall quality of the film didn't impress as much just from uh, the, the this area that I'm speaking. It didn't impress as much as some of the movies we have seen in the past, uh, at least in this library. Right, and now that's one of those things. But maybe, maybe, and I I don't know. I'm trying to come up with ideas. Maybe is yeah. it is it because of the era where they just limited in this production of this particular film, and they're just like, well, we can't do as much as we wanted. Was it because it got shelved? You know, for a while, and so the whole schedule got thrown out of whack, and they yeah, were just like, yeah. "I, we, we, because, because think of it this way: if that, if it's possible that they just didn't have the money to do as full of a sound mix as they would have wanted to, because mm-hmm. if you're, if, if, if half of your production crew or whatever leave, <laughs> you now are like, well, now we have to hire people that we were not originally planning on doing, right. and it's like, well, that money's got to come from somewhere, and if it's a, if it's a production, it's like, well, we gotta pull it from this department and this department to now put towards paying for people to finish this movie. We can't not finish <laughs> it. You know, so I, I wonder if that might have been part of it and it was just the thing that got sacrificed. Uh, yeah. Or it could have just been, for whatever reason, they just didn't care. Maybe they didn't care. You know, it's possible. <laughs> it, it, it could have been any number of things, but the, it it stood out to me a little bit. And and like I mentioned when we started the podcast, the the songs in this I did not remember I, <laughs> at all anything besides the when you're the best of friends. Big Mama has a couple of spoken word to music songs right. and Amos is singing on the way back from hunting trip which 
okay, that's that that's fine. But yeah, it it, it felt like this shallow attempt to try to fit in some music in here. And, right. and I, I, I did see that once again, poor Phil Harris got cut from the film <laughs> because he was going to be in rescuers and mm-hmm. they cut him. And then they wanted, they were considering putting him in this and they cut him. Could they had a giant you... bear. He could have done the voice of the bear, <laughs> which, I also, which I also have a very good note. That bear is definitely not blue. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was very kind of scared by that bear. Did did you did you sense a or how do you feel about the the lack of comedy? I, I suppose you do have squeaks the the caterpillar and you do have um, the the woodpecker and the sparrow who are trying to attack him. But the they work as comic relief, but they aren't even as wacky. I, right. I don't know. It, it will see. I think that I, there's a part of me that wonders because the subject matter of the movie is so serious. Um, it's a very serious topic. It's yeah. not. It's not something that you could take super lightly because the movie was so like, was definitely down a notch from traditional Disney movies. There's a mm-hmm. part of me that wonders if they're like, well, we can't have the wacky, cartoony character in this for comic relief because it's gonna feel out of place. Which I think it would have felt for me personally. It would have felt out of place. If those three characters were any goofier than they already were, yeah, they 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 were the right amounts of real. They you're right. They didn't they didn't delve into a crazy territory. Right. They were they they were acting like those those creatures would hyper realized, of course, but they weren't they weren't ridiculous. I think I think any more humor added to this movie would completely be detrimental to the tone of it. Right. At the same time, this movie. It's a bit. It feels slow at times. It really is going to come down to your mood mm-hmm. when you're watching this. If you're, if you're sitting down to watch something that's going to be funny and exciting and kind of, kind of a little lighter fare that we've seen of of previous, this is the wrong movie for you. This this is something that if if you allow it to, is going to leave you with feelings and with with some deeper thoughts. Uh, it or left, at least it left me yeah. with feelings. It left <laughs> me with so many feelings. Little feels. Oh, the feels. The, and there, there was there was a good use of of those characters too, mm-hmm. the woodpecker and, and the woodpecker and the sparrow and even the badger when he when uh, Todd is left out in the woods and you got that angry old badger which uh, I will I will mention him again in, in a moment when we hit another topic but the the comic relief was safer it, right. they didn't make it over the top they didn't make it wacky and in even having the bear the grizzly bear be a grizzly bear there was no cartoon about him right he was not a cutesy character he was a force of nature mm-hmm. um, and and not a villain he wasn't doing anything i don't think you could say the bear is a villain amos is the villain amos, amos is, is the is villain, the villain. <laughs> and uh, and yeah there's a there's definitely an interesting article i was reading online there's a there's a book out there it's i think it's a book uh that uh two guys or a couple guys that created back in like the early to mid 90s regarding like all the Disney villains mm-hmm. and they at one point argued that the bear in this movie is not the villain because yeah, no, much no, no, no. like the rats in or the rat in what was that lady in the tramp the one who attacks the baby right the one that attacks the baby okay. it's it's not they're not the villain because the animals are acting out of necessity they are acting the way that they would be in real life they're acting real they are defending yeah, themselves yeah. or they are surviving. They're just doing what they would. You know, it's not like the bear was this evil mastermind that was out to kill, you know, Todd or some, you know, some stupid thing like that. It was just, it's a bear and he's going to attack to defend himself. And that's what he is yeah. doing. He's doing his thing. So, and because of that, because of that stipulation, technically, he's not the villain, though I will also come back to him under my trope <laughs> section. Uh, I'm pretty sure TC, you understand what my trope is going to be. <laughs> yes, that's true. Oh my god, that didn't even cross my mind. Duh. That's. <laughs> I did make a note. I'm like, this is only a partial trope yeah. because of the reason I just explained. <laughs> the 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 animation in that sequel. Let's talk about that that bear fight in particular because mm-hmm. it's that is the to me the most engaging third act, uh, final act, one of the most engaging final acts we've seen in a while. It was. It's. It was much more. The stakes were so much higher than they were in something, say, like uh, Rescuers, which we just watched. Right. Which it, that that had that weird juxtaposition of too many goofy side characters, and mm-hmm. with with the bear attack, with the grizzly bear fight, there are some very 
well set up stakes as slow as the movie was <laughs> getting to this point and i i i will criticize it for that um that it does have this not a great pace in particular but all that molasses <laughs> was was a payoff for that 5 minute sequence of that bear attack you have amos going after going after todd you have the bear attack copper todd turning around to come back and save him that the the back and forth of of that fight narratively is really quite impressive and and to add even more uh, uh more of 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 kudos to this is that the the animator Glenn Keane who's one of the the classic Disney animators he he was responsible for animating that he restoryboarded he he restoryboarded the entire thing they had that whole climax ready to go and he looked at it and he knew it wasn't good enough. And he took it upon himself to re-storyboard the entire thing, do all the pencil animations on it before handing it off to the rest of the team because he knew how important it was to nail that fight. Right. The, the animation of it needed to match the narrative stakes of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's considered by many, if you if you run in circles of animators, if you... If you have uh, people who know of the CalArts crew that Laster and Tim Burton and uh, Brad Bird came out of, mm-hmm. that that sequence with that bear and uh, headed by the animation of Glenn Keane is a masterclass of hand-drawn animation. And uh, it's so beautiful. Damn. It's <laughs> yeah. so well done. And and this, the, yeah, I, I, you said it perfectly. There's nothing else that I can actually say <laughs> about that movie. The animation style is gorgeous in it. About that port, you know, in that in that portion, and just there are little tiny little things like like when when uh, I'm I'm actually rewatching it right now because I wanted to just <laughs> kind of relive this moment. Just yeah. the framing of so many shots and the action behind it. Like Copper lunges at the bear at one point. I just saw it happen. He lunges at the bear, and there's a really awesome like camera swipe, uh, like like over as he passes the camera because his fangs get very close to the lens and it's it's such a nice little moment that it actually almost makes you the viewer because they put the camera just they don't put it like wide away they're putting the camera as if you are Amos or if you are Copper like they mm-hmm. put it with you and the animals keep lunging very close to the camera so it almost makes you feel like you're kind of there and yeah, it's I wonder, so well yeah. done. Glenn, Glenn Keane surely just got a fox, a dog, an old man, and a bear, stuck him in a room and said, fight so <laughs> fight. I can animate you. <laughs> yes, I'm going to film, and then you fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's That, to me, is the highlight of the whole film, If in watching it. In watching because it. I think that there is stuff to take away from this movie that builds upon my appreciation for this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I know it's it's... It's this weird, weird place that because there are fans of this movie and there's and there's those people who don't care for this movie because of its odd pace, because of its its weird place in the era that it came out of. Mm-hmm. That you can see the fallacies here. You can see the weaknesses in some of the characterizations. Uh, these characters, for the most part, are fairly stock and 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 boring. That they they fill their role, but there's nothing more to them than that. And not not to say that all the Disney movies before this have had deep characters. I mean, right, look right. At, we'll we'll point to Aurora. She's the best example. <laughs> or if you want to go even, or characters like Tiger Lily, who doesn't even have a line of dialogue. Right. right? But the, we we have seen some more interesting ensembles. I know you don't like the Jungle Book, but you got to admit there's there's an ensemble there that are, is very distinct unto itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't know. This the overall cast of this film doesn't feel as strong, and and it's 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 one of those it's one of those weird cases where I do agree. Yeah, no, it's it's not weird that I agree. It's one of those weird. <laughs> I agree that it's one of those weird cases where, like you're saying, the characters don't have any depth to them, but everything like the 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 story, it's like the core story itself and what it's trying to tell me. Yeah. Almost feels like that's what I'm supposed to be paying attention to. That this yeah. is just, hey, look, we don't want you to get bogged down with like all these, you know, these <laughs> these well-developed characters. <laughs> How dare you? Um, not saying that you can't have both. By all means, there are movies that have fantastically developed characters and very deep, like meaningful stories behind them. Of course. Uh, of course. I just feel like for a Disney movie, it's kind of rare or maybe harder to mm-hmm. have a movie like that cuz really Disney's not necessarily known for deep moral stories with very well developed characters it's 
one or the other, <laughs> generally. <laughs> yeah, for, for the most part, I'll agree with you yeah. there, but there are there are, there are special guns. occasions. Yep, and I'm and not saying they're not. <laughs> the the whole of Fox and the Hound comes down to that bear fight. Mm-hmm. The, 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 that being the climax of the film, that being the 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 epoch of the entire story that that Copper defends Amos because that's his master, and and Todd coming back to 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 attempt to rescue Copper by fighting the bear, and and afterwards when. Amos tries to shoot Todd and <laughs> Copper stands in front of him yep. and defies him and says no. And then and then the fact that they don't get to be friends in the end. Right. That is but um, that's so poignant. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, just for the record, uh that entire scene from the moment that Copper gets up onto the, the ledge near the uh the fallen log before mm-hmm. the bear shows up to the point where everything is done and we're pulling back from the waterfall is only three minutes. Wow, gosh. I, I think I said five, right? Yeah. That, <laughs> but, but that's crazy because that scene feels like it's a 10... To me, that scene felt a lot longer in a good way. That felt like a 10-minute mm-hmm. action scene. But it's three minutes. It's just... It's done. It's it's yeah. it's, it's in. It's, it's get your point, and it's over. And that included the whole... Obviously, it doesn't include the... Uh, to, to Amos uh, raising his gun up and... and, and Todd defending no um uh copper defending copper, Todd copper defending Todd yep yeah. it doesn't include that moment but it's still the action sequence is three minutes long and that's, that's it that's yeah that's amazing <laughs> it's so well done I just I and I oh, I do want to bring up one quick thing about the animation once we're Certainly. done dissecting yeah. this um there is one thing that I've noticed and, and I thought I noticed it during the opening credits like during the silent part but mm-hmm. I I thought maybe I was just like oh maybe that maybe I was just imagining it but. When Amos lights the fire in the foxhole, and then also during this bear scene when uh, Todd is uh, dangling off the edge of the water, uh, or of the log, <clears throat> uh, right before they tumble over into the waterfall, yeah, there is a ton of live-action elements in this movie. Oh, is there? Yeah, mm, that's because, a disappointing. <laughs> yeah, because like, and it's, and I don't know, like on a VHS copy, maybe you can't, you know, maybe you wouldn't be able to see it. But like, I watched, I watched a Blu-ray copy of it, like a high def version of it, yeah, and yeah. it's noticeably. There's no way this is hand drawn. There's absolutely <laughs> no way because in the opening credits, there's moving clouds or it looks like smoke or fog mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's very noticeably real um uh, there's that the the spider web moment if oh. that was animated i wrote it down as if that's animated that's incredible yeah i wrote that one down too that looked fa- i just the way the the way that it rack focuses and like the little blooms of like yeah. this of the of the th- oh man that was amazing and then uh, and there's a great shot of when amos's headlights enter the shot it's this nice burst of lights that if it's animated, it looks great. Yep, but there's definitely a moment when Amos is or when Todd is hanging off the uh, the edge of the cliff, and there's spray from the waterfall coming mm-hmm. up into frame. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep, that's in a high def version of it. Uh, that has to be real. Cheaters. <laughs> that has to be real. But at the same time, because this was also apparently the first movie um, that they started using CG. They actually use oh, CG okay. in this movie during, I believe it's when I believe it's when Amos is trying to smoke out Todd in the and 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 Vixley. Uh, I don't know what I don't know if it was the smoke or if it was mm-hmm. the fire or if it was like ground elements, but they <laughs> did start using very early. It could not be the particles. It must have no. been like it must have been like the like the debris or or something. It's something they maybe maybe they had done with the lighting, right? Know. But they did. This is the first Disney animated movie to have. CG be utilized in some capacity. Now we right. we will get more of this as we. I can't speak for the Black Cauldron or Oliver or or Great Mouse Detective, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I know that once we hit like Beauty and the Beast, obviously Beauty and the Beast uses it for the ballroom scene. Um, yes, Aladdin. Aladdin the uses carpet it is a fully the, realized exactly uh, a CG character. There is a we we will see a lot of computer work in Black Cauldron, yeah. but. Uh, but we will we will get to that. I, I want to mention um, Widow Tweed, who is a actually I think is a pretty interesting character. The whole for, well, first of all, Amos is shooting at the back of her car. <laughs> what a what a crazy person! But then the fact that she gets out, she stares him down, doesn't even flinch. He could have hit her, right? <laughs> yep. And then he take he's, she takes his gun, blows his radiator 
pops off the last shot and says, there, now you that's pretty badass. For an old lady, I, I want to give her credit for that. That, that. that was pretty badass. She was, she was, she was a very cool old lady. Like I didn't, ex- I didn't know what to expect out of her. I didn't know if she was going to be another just cliche old character in a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Like, was she just going to be an old woman and, you know, weak and whatever, and just kind of a side character or, yeah. or what was she going to be? And yeah, she, she turned out, oh, when yeah. she oh. takes Todd, to, yeah, oh. I knew you were gonna go there. <laughs> when she has to leave him in the woods, I didn't know where they were going with that. And I'm mm-hmm. watching it, and I'm listening to her song, and I'm like, "What is she doing? This is Jeez. this is the this is the response of uh, stop this movie, stop it now, stop making me so miserable." <laughs> was when I realized she's leaving him in the woods alone and like she sets him down and he turns around and he's like happy and he kind of follows after her i went no no she's like no 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 you stay here no and, she, and he just and he that look on his face as she drives oh god it's oh, just yeah that's so heartbreaking this <laughs> is a drawing why is the drawing mm-hmm. making me cry tc <laughs> why is it killing me inside i love this movie yeah, i I, I wrote down the words during that song because I I thought that they it was a nice u- utilization of the music to to enhance the scene and mm-hmm. and you may not the the lyrics that I wrote down the goodbye may seem forever farewell is like the end but in my heart is a memory and there you'll always be <laughs> and that is like that what? not not just a great moment for that just a great lyrics for that scene but for the overall theme of the film that's 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 growing up right there you got to say goodbye you got to move on things will end but as long as you keep something in your heart man i'm i'm tearing up right here John. I was, I was, I was, that's why it got silent i was letting you finish i was trying not to be crying on air right now <laughs> well i oh man there there's a there's a there's something i'd like to discuss in terms of this movie but before we before we move on there I'm going to spring it on you early. Okay. And it was a little earlier than we normally do it. Number one. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> well, I, I was giving you a preamble here, so you at least had time to think about it. Are, where do you rank? Are you ranking this number one? I'm On my list so far? Yes. This beat wow, out Adventures okay. of Wayne the Pooh. Because I, now, and again, and much like we said before, so yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, TC, where am I ranking this on our movies that we've watched so far? I, did, I just, I had to beat you to the punch one you're, time. You're, you're putting it at number one. Okay, continue. I'm going to put it at number one just because, this kind of goes back to, I think, some of the ones that we hit on on the first two rounds. There's mm-hmm. there's that level of just the 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 emotional reaction or like a physical reaction that the movie makes or has has caused me to have. Yeah. Um, that's again. This is one of the reasons why Beauty and the Beast is so high on my list because that movie just always makes me feel good inside. Um, it also <laughs> and makes, this, so this one makes you feel miserable. This one makes me feel miserable, and I like it. Um, no, like it's it was just it 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 I I I personally did not notice the pacing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I know. In the past, I've watched movies being like, this movie felt slow, and it's only an hour and five minutes or whatever, and I'm like, I can't believe we still have 40 minutes of this movie left. I've been there with certain movies that really should not have felt slow. So I, I right. get it. It's, it's very much so it comes down to where I was, you know, where where I was mentally when I watched this movie, exactly. uh, what was happening at the time. But, so with that, obviously, and I, I put that into, you know, into my thought process behind ranking it. But there was so much of this movie. I love it because to me, up until, okay, so of the 24 we've watched so far, mm-hmm. this is the one that I can relate to the most with the whole growing up thing. Yes, yes. The story, like the core of the story, whether or not people will agree that was the intention or they didn't do it as well as another movie might have done it, it doesn't matter so far out of the ones we've watched it mm-hmm. that just I'm like yeah okay I I completely understand what they're doing I know what they're telling me I get it it's the whole like like loss of friends loss of life loss of uh, people who are close to you you think life is this way and guess what nope something else guess what a train <laughs> hits you on a train track and you nearly break kill yourself like or whatever like a bear comes out of nowhere and a bear's not gonna yeah. you, know, you know like like just that that whole like you never know what's gonna happen and you just right. make the best of it and you move on and you grow up and your life continues <laughs> and, and and i just that that hit home so much for me 
I just, I don't, I got it. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's what you're this telling me, and one. you yeah. did it. And so it is my number one. No, I'm not saying it's going to be. It's going to stay there. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying, so far, guys, like, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed that movie. I And I did enjoy The Rescuers, and I was fine with Robin Hood. But mm-hmm. this one just, I, I'm sorry, it, it made me tear up. And verbally shout, I'm pretty sure my neighbors think I was arguing with somebody. Um, and on my Snapchats, I gave no context to mm-hmm. what I was doing. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm I like I it it gave it made me have an actual reaction outside of just laughing yeah. that I'm like that I haven't had in a long time to a movie. Um, and and I haven't had a reaction like that for listeners of the AFI Top 100 podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. um, since. Um, uh, oh my goodness, Lindsay, help me out! Shout it! I know you can. I know you can hear me. <laughs> She's yelling it right now. Do the right thing. Yeah, she, she right yelled thing. at me. Okay. She she her and Colin both yelled at me. Like do the right <laughs> thing. I to this day will sit and watch that movie, and at that movie ends, I'll be like, I freaking hate humans. I just you hate will, them all. Yeah, yeah. Because it it makes me it gives me an emotional response, and I have a feeling. The Fox and the Hound might still do that on a repeated viewing, and but either yeah. way, I still enjoyed it. It was my, it's my number one so far. So TC, hey, yeah, where does it? Where did you rank it? Well, Please do not let anything I just say <laughs> affect my sw- opinion. Yeah, affect your well, opinion. It's though though I did point out its pacing. Though I have complained about the the sound quality, I don't want that to take away from the fact that this film is doing something that that I don't feel we've seen. In the previous twenty plus, without digging for it. Okay. Okay. A lot of the the movies that we've dug into, I've overanalyzed them, or we've come up with a theory that works with what's there. Talking about the class structure in One Hundred One Dalmatians, or or uh, the package films, and how they were. I had to say it right. Hashtag. <laughs> uh, uh, how Keep they were affected going. by by World War Two. <laughs> but this one, the subtext or textual, right at the surface, there's there is something being addressed here. I think coming out in the '70s, coming out of the civil rights era, that there is there is something more here that we haven't found in previous films. Now, I've been criticized this for this before, uh, some by some other film friends mm-hmm. that I treat film, I treat storytelling. The story, the films that I and the stories that I create, I use as escape, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a healthy way to deal with reality is to want to find ways to escape, and it's why Star Wars is what it is. It's why superhero films are the way they are because oftentimes you can see yourselves in the characters, or you can you can disappear into a flight of fancy, and 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 put aside what might be depressing you or making you blue, and and. For that, it, because I so much appreciate the 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 fun of movies and the 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 escapism of movies, I do still have a warmer spot in my heart for Winnie the Pooh and Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Fox and the Hound, I'm putting it at my number three. I'm putting it above <gasps> Rescuers. It's always that tough thing because I say three and you hear bottom, but. DC, we're not we're not friends any, we're not friends anymore. This is it, guys. Well, you just heard the end of the show. That was it. You can watch the other movies by yourself. Don't let me sway we your will, opinion, but we're not I, friends anymore. I will take every even movie. You will take every odd movie. We'll never do another episode done. together. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. TC, like, you're, you're thinking you're you're figuring Beauty and the Beast yes, right now. Am I, Go ahead. Am I doing? Am I am I'm the even one? So you're taking Black Cauldron? Okay. Like, uh, yeah, okay. That's fine. I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Because I get Little Mermaid too. <laughs> in the t- in the in the grand scheme of my list yeah. it's the matter of the fact that I could stick that Winnie the Pooh and Robin Hood if they were on I could smile I can enjoy it I can watch it while I'm cleaning my room right. Fox and the Hound the reason I'm putting it lower and I and this might not be fair hmm. because for as much as we discussed 101 Dalmatians that probably should have been my number one instead of Lady, Lady and the Tramp for our for our second block mm-hmm. and and maybe as we're going to dig we're going to dig even deeper right now one might argue that, okay, well, by this discussion, you would think Fox and the Hound would be my number one. But when I think of, of why I watch movies and how I watch movies, I am more inclined to to lean more, to, more towards something like Winnie the Pooh 
and and Robin Hood because wanna, they're fun right, and they make f- me happy. They make you feel good. You don't want to necessarily yeah. watch a movie that's going to make you feel depressed. I have movies that I watch that are always my go-to. I need to be happy movies because yeah, there's enough yeah. of that in real world in in, in your day-to-day <laughs> activities, your day-to-day life of not mm-hmm. feeling happy. I don't necessarily always want to watch a movie to to make myself depressed. That's that's yeah. weird. That's weird. But <laughs> that, all that being said, this movie. It is doing something that we haven't had a chance to to see before from the film so blatantly, and it is this kind. Of, it is this discussion of growing out of your childhood, but there there could be even more from that. And if you're if you allow me, Jeff, I'm going to go to the comments section on the okay. Facebook page to start a conversation here. Yes. So this is uh, if you guys do want to comment on the episode, you can go to facebook.com slash top shelf pod. We usually have a post before we watch and a post after we've aired the episode that you can comment on and kind of share your feelings about it, which which thank you to everybody. We we have been picking up on some viewership and some commenting, and it's it's great to engage with you guys. And I promise I am legitimately trying to do more comments. I feel like it's, it's, ah, it's yeah. TC is almost <laughs> always the one that's doing it. And like this weekend, I'm sitting around going like, no, I, I want to respond. I don't engage. respond as, engage. As, as, <laughs> as in-depth and as long- I don't want to say long-winded. That's not right. Um, no, I, I, didn't, no, I don't want to. I don't want to dive true. that much. I can't. I can't put my thoughts to word <laughs> that much. It takes me like years to write a script. But like, I want to at least contribute in yeah. some way possible. <laughs> well, well, we we had a comment here from Wyatt Tucker on the Facebook page that uh, first I will say uh, Wyatt says in general, Fox and the Hound is the first film that he doesn't like. And so I guess that means you're not friends with Wyatt anymore. <laughs> Wyatt, we're done, buddy. You and the, I professionally, the, we're done. <laughs> the, the saving graces for him are Paul Winchell, who is the voice of Tigger, as well as the, the woodpecker. And uh, John Fedler, who is the voice of Piglet, and he's the voice of the little hedgehog who saves who saves Todd during the rainstorm. But the story goes at a snail's pace. Uh, he does not find any of the characters endearing. Why? What are you talking about? <laughs> and it's like Bambi in its juxtaposition of cute moments and serious moments, only more inconsistent. And that's saying something because Bambi doesn't have much in terms of story or conflict. <laughs> True. So that, that's his general feelings about the film there. And uh, agree and disagree with you, Wyatt. I think you can find something to agree with with what both Jeff and I had said. But you bring up a really good point here in that um, – so let me just get here. So he got this from another podcast he was listening to. And the question goes, do you think that The Fox and the Hound can be read as an allegory for repressed sexuality? Now, uh, only he's only saying this, uh, or they were saying this on the podcast, that they believe this stemmed to how they perceived Todd and Copper's relationship when they were younger, to be and being inseparable, and then being separated by their their owners, growing up, and then meeting them later. Copper's grown up and become a man, and and Todd still has feelings for him, and they can't. They can't be what they once were, but they both end the movie with a smile of remembering the good old days. And they they realize as characters, and perhaps the kids in the audience will realize too, how quickly our better impulses can be drowned out by the noise of society. Now, once again, this isn't Wyatt's theory. It's just something he thought would make a good conversation. Wow. I now, didn't get any of that. <laughs> am well, I Jeff, repressed? TC, am I repressed? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I could see I could see the argument for that. I right. understand you could you could poke at it, you could poke at their relationship and find that. But I think why the key to your comment here, and whether you took that from the this from the podcast directly or if it was you yourself, you said it right there at the end. They realize, and perhaps that the audience will, how quickly our better impulses can be drowned out by the noise of society. Now, you asked, you, you started this in the podcast that you're listening to re- uh, reference saying that this might be repressed sexuality. I don't think so. I don't, I don't agree with that. Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily but see that. But That quote right there, that the impulse is drowned out by society, is something worth looking at for this film. If you look at Todd as... A per, an allegory or an, or an analog for a person of color, and you look at Copper as someone raised by racist white people, it's set in the South. Mm-hmm. They are on farms. You have Big Mama telling Todd that he needs to blend in. You have a, a kindly older woman who's trying to raise this boy. The, 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 the inherent prejudice of Chief 
that has been instilled with, into him by the in very apparent prejudice of Amos. The badger himself even says when he shoves Todd out of his hole, why don't you go back where you came from? Ooh, when the, the revelation to Todd of what copper has become, they open a shed and there's all these traps and guns and skins displayed on a wall that would be very reminiscent and is very reminiscent of a shed that might have clan outfits or Nazi paraphernalia. I think that the allegory here isn't about repressed sexuality. I think it's about the the inherent racism, the systemic racism that comes out of the South and this era and the, the post well, the civil rights era that this movie came out in, that that is the allegory here. That you are looking at these two children who who befriended each other with no concepts of the color of their skin or the color of their fur, as it as it may be, and only after indoctrination by Amos is Copper forced to be like, no, I, I must be a part of this way of life, and you're the wrong. You're wrong. I, Jeff, <laughs> I, you know, oh, wow. Okay, that that makes that honestly that does make a lot of sense to me. I can I can definitely see that. You could argue that because the original book came out in 1967. Yes, yeah. you very well could have had like there could definitely be some subcontext in the book, you know, mm-hmm. regard because it's from the era, you know, mid late sixties. You're still dealing with a lot of racism uh you know just looking down on certain people and certain classes of people i mean i guess you still in theory have that yeah nowadays unfortunately oddly enough with and and i I don't know we don't tend to get political on here we don't tend to to dig so deep into societal issues it's not we're we're here to entertain we're not here to like get you know we're not here to upset anyone or cut but it's so timely that we would watch this movie this week after everything that's happened in 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 charlottesville and and the the state of affairs that this country is in is disgusting that nazis would not be ah, i'm I'm sorry i don't i don't want to turn this into a whole thing but it's that idea hearing hearing the way copper has to talk to todd after being friends because they didn't care and then and then being told no you can't be together and todd not understanding it right because if todd were to represent a a little boy of color who was raised by a, a kindly old widow white woman and and to see other creatures coexist without any problem, different types of birds hanging out together, and the to to not have that poison in his his mind of you have to separate in a very prejudiced way, and him not being able to wrap his mind around what how copper is treating him now that it's it's just it's amazing that 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 idea that allegory could come out especially during this terrible week that we've had as a country. Exactly. And you know what? I just found another person online um, on Reddit who brought up a very almost identical theory that you just brought up, sir. That's great yes, okay, about okay. it. Yeah, so it's you're not alone in the thought that it's uh, that uh, that the it's an analogy for racism in America, where basically Todd symbolizes the black majority, Copper symbolizes the youth growing up in racist households, Slade is a representative of the KKK, and the Black Bear is the Black Panther Party. Oh, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone so far with yeah. the black bear, but uh, <laughs> besides, he's a grizzly bear, not a black bear. Yeah, I know. <laughs> let's fine. let's get this correct here before anybody yells at us. No, so like yeah. that. So it's definitely you know the thing is is it's not, <clears throat> man, it's not. I I I didn't see that. I didn't read into it like that, which I feel mm-hmm. like a majority of the population would be, you know, right there with me. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't see it that <laughs> I way. I didn't see that. I didn't see that? that. Right. That's, but that's perfectly fine. It's one of those things where, yes, for both points, the, uh, the one that Wyatt brought up that he heard in the podcast and what you were bringing up right now mm-hmm. and what the, obviously this person online was writing on Reddit. Yeah, I can see it and pointing it out. It's like, well, oh yeah. Okay. That doesn't, I can see that being it hold it holds it water. holds true yeah it, it holds water and 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 at the same time it's like but eh, and it's disney so at the same time it could very well be that that's what they were trying they're, to do they're finally making up for all their uh their inadvertent or vert or vertent, <laughs> vertent? <laughs> excuse you tc <laughs> excuse yeah, me vertent. bubble in my throat there. Yeah, the it still has the disney shine to it oh, and yeah. may, maybe there are a little bit of holes in this theory but I, I could see it, and and it took it took Wyatt actually pointing that out because I read his comment before we started watching that I, I 
I let that kind of simmer, I, and I kind of looked looked for it as I was watching it. But as it was unfolding, I didn't see. I didn't. I I could see it. I could see it a little bit, but I could see more. What I'm saying is that it, it is a very a, a very. There's more proof, I guess, that that goes towards the theory that this is about the the unfortunate <laughs> unfortunate realistic <laughs> racism of the South and. But uh, but if if you did want to go with the repressed sexuality, I suppose there <laughs> there is this this could be comparable to something like Moonlights. <laughs> this is the children's <laughs> version of Moonlight. They have a swimming scene. I'm just saying. Ah, um, hmm. TC, I think now we're cracking in a new theory here. Uh, we're cracking in. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not yeah, breaking. Okay. We're cracking in a theory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a like a woodpecker going through what I'm. Obviously, I'm trying to sway us away from the seriousness that I was delving in here. Well, actually, here's a note I have. Did Boomer want to watch Todd and Vixie? <laughs> hey, it's just getting to the good part. <laughs> you know, I think it's just I think it's just Tigger being weird. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> which I'm sorry, I could not hear anything else. He even does the Tigger laugh. Yes, yes, yes. I can't. You can't do that and not have me go. Well, that's just Tigger. You can, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't do that movie. Uh, well, well, let's do. I, let's do a quick little shift here. Yes. Yeah. I, I will say just if you that um, I I hope people are understanding where I'm coming from 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 analyzing it the way I did and that's. I've certainly just to keep things light, I don't want to go any deeper into it, but, but I think it's something worth thinking about and, and it's so timely that it hurts. <laughs> yeah. It's it, so timely. It, it almost hurts. hurts too much because of how timely yeah. it is. It seems. Well, momentary happiness. Let yes, me do yes. my, let me do my Disney tropes and then we'll wrap okay. up this week's episode. Cause I do have Disney tropes. No, Disney, mm-hmm. don't no Disney cool. well, theories. Let's, let's get some Disney tropes. I, I, the only theory I have is just a, what I just, obviously we just presented. Said, yep. <laughs> uh, I do have a couple comments we'll hit as well, but what are the tropes? What are the tropes? What are the first, what do we got you? Well, here we go. So I, I, unfortunately I did not find any real first. I do have a, I have a Disney last, however, for this particular hmm. movie. Interesting. Um, okay. I know. Cause we haven't had one of those in a while. Uh, but my Disney tropes are, uh, the death of a parent. Yeah. And or an orphaned child, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, the animals don't verbally speak to humans, but to one another. That mm-hmm. tends to be a mm-hmm. fairly one. And then here's coming back to what I was saying earlier. The villain falls to its <laughs> <Yes>. death. <laughs> but I'm giving this a half or a partial trope because asterisk. as I yep, it's an asterisk because as I mentioned earlier, technically the bear is not the villain. If but he did a, fall. But he did fall. <laughs> if Amos had fallen, then it would have been a complete trope. But this is kind of a partial trope. Give it a, uh, it's it's a trope with an asterisk. It's a trope with an asterisk. It's to see further reading. <laughs> uh, however, Disney lasts. So mm-hmm. this is the final Disney movie to not have end credits. Or to have oh. no end credits. To, to end with a the end and just be done. Okay. Yeah. I, I suppose we are we are entering the era with with enough unions that people need to be that more people need to be credited. Yep. If you're if you're under if you're ever wondering why older movies have all their credits up front and newer movies have their the rolling credits at the end, it comes out of the 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 change of the old Hollywood system, which was, hey, you work for Paramount, we'll tell you where you're working today. You show up for work, you go over there, you move a light. That's mm-hmm. what you do. You were just part of you were hired by a studio and that's where you worked. Yep. And the only people who ever got credited were the stars and the directors and the composers. Maybe and a makeup it, guy or a woman yeah, or yeah, maybe but, a costumist. But that's that's that was pushing it too for some of those. Right, right. So it was very, very limited to the the amount of people. But as the studio system was crumbled by the, the United States Senate and and the crushing of the monopoly that was the, was what the studio system was, that's when unions started to be created. So there's the Actors Guild, and there's the Directors Guild, and there's the Writers Guild, yep. and there's the producers, and the makeup, and the costumes, and the props, and the, and the more and more people that started unionizing led to the requirement of seeing their names in the credits, and therefore <laughs> there was way too many people that were going to be listed, so credits got moved to the end. So this is the last animated Disney movie with 
with just ending at the end? Yep. That, that's what yep. you're saying? That's- after this is when, uh, and this is technically a Disney first for next week, but I'll give you guys a little spoiler. Uh, <laughs> after this is when the Disney movies started kind of going with the traditional, the the, the credits, the normal credits being at the end of the mm-hmm. movie with like a love ballad or, or whatever, you know, like a song playing over the end credits. So that uh, soundtrack. I know, right? The, um, the pop the pop version of whatever the, of whatever uh, the hit <laughs> song is that I totally didn't buy all that songs and all those soundtracks. And oh, of course not, of course not. And know them all by Tale is old as jam. Apparently sung by <laughs> Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Oh, that was Michael Bolton. <laughs> I didn't know if that was like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> it may be. A lot higher to the point where you have a vein popping out of your forehead. Or you forgot, every song in the early 90s was sung by Brian Adams and Celine Dion. So, you, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, but that'll be next week. So yeah, this is the last, the last one that actually had the credits at the beginning and ends with just the end and boom, we're done. After this, we start getting traditional end credits. There you go. So it's kind of exciting. But that's my Disney last for the week and my Disney tropes. To- Disney tropes. Well, I do have a couple comments here. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can mm-hmm. hit me at TC's Big Head. You can hit Jeff at Random Bell, which, Jeff, I think you got a couple tweets. I week. got people talking <laughs> to me this week. Also, apparently yeah. now, if you want to hit me up on Snapchat, because I might be just Snapchatting responses. <laughs> I don't know and, yet. But. And, and oh, yeah, that's not a bad idea to do live, live uh, viewings of and getting people to see your response that's exactly. that's a good idea just right like there. i don't know like it's not gonna be for the entire movie it was mm-hmm. mine was literally just me i don't even know if it's still up i don't know if i kept <laughs> it i did I, it might have already be gone at this point but it was just me yelling at the screen <laughs> oh it's gone dang it it was just like well i'm like how she can't leave todd in the forest he's he's house train what is, so what is this movie doing die. to me yeah he's like, gonna die. <laughs> it was just stream of conscious response <laughs> to the movie so i might be doing that a little more well, you can I also, can. as I mentioned earlier, you can hit up facebook.com slash topshelfpod if you want to comment on a specific episode. Please mm-hmm. go look back at our older episodes as well. There's, they're there. They're worthy to comment on, and we will engage you, if you will, exactly. if you if you do comment there. But we do have some tweets here. We got a tweet from uh, D.A. Schooler, Don, Don Schooler, who says he's loving the Disney Animation Studio Library podcast. It makes his 45-minute commute so much more enjoyable. Thanks. Hashtag no more road rage. <laughs> <laughs> and going along with Don, I also got a tweet from Don because. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Congrats, this Don. Congratulations, you are the first person <laughs> to tweet me out of the twenty-four episodes <laughs> we've had. Yeah, the Don. First Woo. person, and I'm going to read it right now, everybody, so you all know. I am actually loved. It's, hey, Jeff, as one of your older, in all meanings of the word, listeners, I am digging your DASL DASL podcast. Hashtag Jeff gets love too. Yes, damn it, that Uh, is great. There you go. (laughs) We're going to make that hashtag work, guys. I want that hashtag. Jeff gets love too. Please, I'm Uh, slow. We got a a tweet from (laughs) at the seahorse. Mm. I'm sorry, D the seahorse, which is uh, Derek Johnson. I'd love, he'd love the segments uh, for Winnie the Pooh, uh, wait, no, I, was I love the segment. That's so cool. Good work, you guys. Jeff, I really dug the disorder rumor, too. Sweet move. <laughs> so talking about back from uh, when we were, when he commented that he wanted, like, the origin story. He loved the origin stories oh, of Winnie the Pooh. right. Okay, yes. And he wants them in the future podcast, and I said that uh, this could be arranged. I'm yeah, sorry. Or, okay, Derek, yes, I apologize, Derek. Derek actually included me in that oh, tweet. There you sorry. go. Sorry. And and Derek, I, he tweeted me twice. That I was mush, mushing the, the the them together. So the disorder rumor, uh, too sweet movie. Um, he liked the origin story of Winnie the Pooh's name, so more like that in future podcasts. Right. Well, I I do think I do think Derek that we we occasionally drop some knowledge bombs. Um, <laughs> That uh, whether it's our over analysis or if it's something about the history of of the animation, the history of Disney animation, I, that I hope that you do find some little gems like that. I'm I love trivia. I love just l- learning things um, about productions that affected the the film itself and. And, and learning things like the history of Winnie the Pooh's name, that's a lot of fun for me. So I, I, I'm sure you will hear more in the future. I hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> in all fairness, Derek, you've been, you, you've been a part of this whole thing because Derek came over from the AFI podcast. I oh, kind of cool. just, I sometimes forget you're just one of my friends at this point. <laughs> I just, I, I kind of, I do not be insulted by that. You're just, you're amongst my friends. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think about that, that you tweeted us. I'm sorry, Derek. Don't hate me. <laughs> well, I, I have one more comment from, uh, from a friend uh, the the coachman, mm. Mm. <laughs> who and I guess this could be a theory as well. Mm. 
it says head hashtag headcanon copper is old reliable. So from Lady and the Tramp, Trusty was always talking about old reliable, you so always say, who sound like a wise bloodhound who instilled a lot of advice onto Trusty. I suppose based on the technology, you could say that Fox and the Hound takes place slightly before Lady and the Tramp. So I accept your headcanon, Coachman. My head is blown right now that I didn't think of that. That's what I do, TC. I wear, I world build. How did I not know this? Well, I'm you've, very you've, upset you've about received it. some help from potentially the devil. Fantastic. Mm. <laughs> That's who I look for in all my writing. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I don't. That's a good idea. Oh, that's a really good. That's a really good theory. I kind of, I kind of do dig that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that as well. There's, there's, a, there's a couple other theories out there in terms of like who the bear might have been and whatnot. But I don't. It doesn't hold water in terms of the placement of time and era and location. So there's that. But I like, I like that. that. That 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 just, just why not? There's no proof against it. So I say yes. Copper is. Oh, reliable. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Good idea. Good, good I, tweets, everybody. And I do think that's a good note to go out on, yes. Jeff. Uh, this is, I, I'm glad you had the feels for this I one. I'm glad that it moved you. I'm glad that though we are in the dark ages of, of Disney's library here, that it, we have still maintained an element of interesting quality yeah, to I, the films. Because I was concerned. I was really worried. I'm like, oh, these are all going to suck, aren't they? <laughs> like, well, what are we watching next week? You see, I'm not going to lie right now. I am very excited to see this because I, again, I we're right in the middle of these movies that I've never seen before. I'm very happy. I'm very excited. <laughs> I, I am probably going to hate the movie, my guess. I don't know. Uh, mm. But I, next week, we are watching the 1985 movie, The Black Cauldron. Four years, four year gap between Fox and the Hound and four year gap. The Black Cauldron. Just for the record, everybody, I was uh, was that seven? That is three. I was ten months old when this movie came out. <laughs> we are. What, what year? Eighty four. Eighty five. July twenty fourth of eighty five. So we are finally into the the Disney movies that I was alive for at this point, gang. Um, older listeners, I apologize if that makes you feel super old. Younger <laughs> listeners, I'm an old fart. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Just just you've covered okay. all the bases. I've covered all the bases. So, and for people my if, age, hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, let's what's go going on? Yeah. That, now this this is going to be a difficult movie to track down. This is one that does not get a lot of love. This is a this is one that's you can find the DVD out there, but mm-hmm. it's never had a restoration. It's it I, it was streaming at one point. I don't believe it is anymore. You so, you can on Amazon. Amazon, you can rent. You it. can okay. rent it for three ninety nine in HD, or you can buy it oh. for eighteen dollars. Well, I'm I'm curious if anyone has any inherent memories about this. Uh, well, our friend Bill, this is his favorite Disney animated movie, so I'm going to try to get some get some at least a comment from him in yes. terms of of how he feels about this. And I'm curious to hear what everybody else has to say about. It. So keep an eye out for the post on the Facebook page and let us know what you think. Or wait till the episode airs and and rebuke anything we have to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think that that we will call it. We're I, call I, it. I'm calling it right there, TC. We had a fantastic episode. Yes. Thank you for talking and bringing up the theories. Thank you. Everybody online who commented in response to us, uh, we've continued talking to you guys all very shortly. So, TC, with that, please do the sign-off. This is a sign-off. I like it. I'm almost thinking, like, every week we need to do it in different voices. Yeah, yeah. (gasps) That's Uh, how we make it uh, different. (laughs) 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 And that's it. (laughs) All right, well, goodbye, everybody. See See you, everybody. See you next week, everybody. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>